Hello, and a very warm welcome to New and Events, a podcast from IBTM. My name is Mike Fletcher. And I'm Paul Cook. And together we'll be diving into the world of events professionals and interviewing key figures to unearth new thinking, new ideas, and up-to-date advice for industry newcomers. New in Events is for everyone working in the meetings, incentive, conference, and event sectors. You may have recently got a job in this industry and you're looking to learn from more experienced players, or you may be a seasoned pro looking for new solutions, new ways of working, and inspiration for how your events can evolve for the future. Whichever part of the events industry you're working, and no matter how long you've been one of us, you've come to the right place. New episodes of Season 1 will be available throughout the first half of 2024, so don't forget to follow and subscribe on whichever channel you download your podcast from. Or you can follow us and IBTM events on social media, and we'll let you know every time a new episode is published. So, let's get on with the show. Happy New Year, Paul. Happy 2024. And to you, Mike. Good to see you again. The last time that we were doing any major form of podcasting was back at IBTM in Barcelona, which feels like a lifetime ago. It does, doesn't it? But it was only in November. But it was fantastic to see that IBTM World had a podcast booth on the show floor. And we used it to great effect to interview a host of very insightful interviewees and we'll be bringing our listeners all the content from the show floor from those interviews over the course of season one of this our new podcast new in events podcast by ibtm it was really amazing to see the podcast move in action every time i looked up when i got a spare moment from working on the ibtm show daily you were in there you were in there with somebody interviewing them they were sharing their knowledge and the energy that was just coming out of that room almost how unreal it was great to have a whole media area at the show this year wasn't it we worked hard on the newspaper and you got in the podcast booth as well we've got some content of you interviewing people so yes i'm sure the listeners will be pleased to hear that content will come throughout season one but for this episode from the show floor we'll be hearing from Catherine southall she's the head of business development uk and ireland for american express gbt meetings and events And she dropped by the booth to talk to us about the 2024 global meetings and events forecast. Brilliant. I believe that before she comes on, we have to go back to London and the offices of Cvent or the broom cupboard of Cvent. The broom cupboard of (laughs) Cvent. Yeah, just before Christmas, we went over to Cvent to interview Felicia Asadu, Cvent's marketing director for Europe. The only room that we could find to do the interview in was a very small broom cupboard surrounded by cardboard boxes. But it suited our purposes, didn't it? It worked. It worked really well. If we hadn't told our listeners, nobody would even know. Exactly. It's brilliant. It's a joy of podcasting. You can be in all sorts of situations, but it's all about the content, isn't it? Absolutely. Let's start then with Felicia. Let's hear what she's got to say. Welcome, Felicia. Oh, thank you. Welcome to you. You're in the office. We are. are. And what a lovely office it is, too. (laughs) Thank you very much. I do like this location. It's very close to my children's school. It's not pleasure, but it's work-life balance, I guess. It's all right. Well, we've got a lot to cover today in a relatively short amount of time. So let's get straight into it. We wanted to start by asking you how you see technology's new and improved role in meetings and event design for 2024. New and improved. I like that. I think it's taken its pride of place role. I actually don't think it's as new as we'd all like to think, but I think it's where people are positioning it. So if you think about things that we've been talking about this year, like the event technologist roles, 
hiring for specific skill sets and then allowing those people to shape your agenda, your strategy, your long term event after event rather than the one by one what people were doing. So I think people have recognised that technology is super important and it isn't a plug in, but it's something that you need to have in the beginning of the conversation to shape even your sustainability conversations. How are we going to capture data? How are we going to then report afterwards? What are we going to do with that? Everything is fueled by the tech conversations that have risen to the top. That's what I see as the new, it isn't the tech itself. Brilliant. I think that's very true, isn't it? That especially since COVID, tech has been such a big part of that. We've now got more channels, more ways to engage, more opportunities to reach all types of people. And we're back to in-person events. Virtual events seem to have kind of gone on a decline. But I'm just wondering, do you see virtual events being a standalone format or do you think we're going to have more in-person with virtual components? Definitely in-person with virtual components. As I kind of said earlier this year at Cvent Connect Europe, about 30% of the registration that came through the Cvent platform this year was still for virtual And I don't think that that was just a straight hangover from the pandemic. I think it's a genuine need where actually this meeting needs to be virtual. That gathering needs to stay virtual. And it's the reach, you know, all the things we've spoken about, accessibility. There are reasons to keep those meetings virtual. But for the in-person meetings that are large enough, because it's not every in-person meeting that needs to have virtual components, we've seen that retention of hybrid in its, oh God, everyone hates it, but that's what it is. There is that kind of virtual components that they have to remain. So whether that's filming and live streaming or whether it's capturing because you absolutely have a captive audience that you need to share with afterwards, people are blending in their program. Back to the beginning of the conversation, total event program, what are you doing? What fits where? You have to think of it like that, really. I don't think the term hybrid will still be used by the end of this year, do you? There's this feeling that comes over you when you hear that word so much so it's almost like that sound. They're just like, I'm not going to mention that. I'll just say, oh, yeah, we're recording. That's it. It's a more blended approach, as you say. I guess the key word that joins them both together is engagement, isn't it? That's what we're doing this for. So what are some of the key digital tools that enhance audience engagement? So we've got the classics like polling, Q&A even surveys. I think if your people are taking surveys at the end, they are highly engaged because it takes a lot to drive people towards a survey. But those tools, just the ease of having them in your hands. I think if we were already honest with ourselves, having to think about when that poll opens, why is it there? How does it display? Who is it for? I don't know if we do that well enough, just as planners in general, we know we need to have them. So we'll throw the world polls out. just like, yeah, we've got polls and we're engaged, but actually... That's not it. I think people will need to think in the future about all those things I just kind of said, because then you probably will have an engaged audience because, oh, I know why we took that poll and now I've learned this and then I can react to it. So all of those digital tools. But then there's the online elements where we've got, you know, Events Plus, where we're offering people the opportunity to display their event video online, but also their other video pieces. So if there are surrounding bits of content that aligned to what you've done at the event, you could also post those and say, I know you've now watched that. Why don't you watch this? Back to that Netflix thing that we always talk about of algorithms and understanding your audience. So I think that level of personalization is needed. We tried at some points to think about personalizations as a one-to-one, but that's almost like doing an ABM strategy. It's not always possible to do one-to-one. You need to do one-to-many. It's going to take a lot of thought. I've said a lot of words to be like, I think we have to think about what tech, what digital pieces, why 
when, for who. Well, that leads on to the next question around all these digital date points. They're great for planners. They're great for tech companies to gather data. What kind of value exchange is there for somebody to give you that data? Is it the case that because there's free Wi-Fi or there's a brochure or something that they can download, is that enough? What are you seeing incentivize people to give their data away? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're given, give me Wi-Fi and I need Wi-Fi, I'll give you data. And it happens in Pizza Hut as much as it happens at an event. The value exchange has to be a real value exchange. Like, what are you giving me and do I need it? If it's just you trying to sell your wares at any given moment and therefore I want your data, people can read through that really easily now. Even things like cookies. I think sometimes people, they'll click on the cookie policy and say accept it because they just really want to get onto that page. But when you're kind of half off and you're like, oh, I'm not really sure, I'm just looking around, will you take my cookies? No, how dare you? So really value is the word. And so for an event organiser, when you think about why you put that event on, those people came for a reason. So if you can plug into that reason and even ask them, why are you coming to this event? What are you trying to get more out of? You know, people say, who do you want to connect with when you get here? And then if you say, well, if you give me some data, I'll help you connect with the right people. That could be cool. So it really has to feed into their whys and then you plug the value into that. And obviously communication is important to that, telling people clearly, communicating to them why you're asking them information mm-hmm. and what data you're collecting. So for example, if somebody's going to an event and you're asking how they're traveling to that event, that might be you tell them that you're trying to reduce your carbon footprint and that's why you're asking or you're putting on additional transport needs. There's lots of reasons. Definitely. And I know within the Cvent platform, we're developing all sorts of things. I was on a call the other day. I love the calls that I'm on when they tell me, and this is coming and this is coming and that'll be, I'm like, that's exciting. They called something a very weird name and we were like, do you mean tooltips? And they were like, yeah, it's basically a tooltip. And I was like, okay, so just call it a tooltip. <laughs> Having tooltips in the right place can give that information in reg. You don't have to have it because long registrations put people off their friction points. If you have your question, but then you have a little eye and then click on the eye and it says, we're asking you this because that's a nice way to get around extending the reg. But when someone's interested, why are you asking me this? Oh, that's why you're asking me. Okay, fine. I'll proceed. Fantastic. So moving on, each year, Cvent carries out a planner sourcing survey of European mice planets. So what did the 2023 survey tell us about the key challenges for the year ahead? So we love our sourcing survey. It was started by our hospitality side of the business and we love that they go and talk to our planners because it gives us so much insight and it's probably one of the biggest pieces of information that we give out that people really pick up on. But we found out that this year, about 38% of our planners who took part in the planner sourcing report for the European edition, cost inflation was the biggest challenge on the horizon. I concur. I know I'm a marketing director, but I almost see myself as part planner because I have to think about all of these things that we do internally and actually... The cost inflation means that even if my budget goes up, it's actually depressed because of the rising cost of venues and of all the things we need within there. So definitely an issue. That means that those people, a quite large majority of people that are holding the meetings and events that are of the same size and complexity as they did in 23, they're going to see their costs increase and some say by up to a fifth compared to 2023, which again is a challenge. It means you're having to go back to your board, ask for more budget. And events, I don't know if you know, but are seen as an absolute cost. Even though we know there's ROI at the end of it, (laughs) many organisations just see it as a large expenditure for a drink up, which it it isn't. (laughs) Planners are very good at doing more with less though, aren't they? Well, (laughs) 
Yes, we are. But I almost feel that phrase really kind of grinds. It rubs against because do more with less basically means not hiring more staff. I'm not giving you any more money. Your resources are probably going to be cut, but yet you have to deliver the same or more. They are very good at doing more with less. But I think that planners are going to have to be just more strategic, I think. You know, like I said earlier about building the long-term plans, long-term visions, and then trying to source economies of scale, trying to have partnerships that make sense for more of your events. Certainly looking into that for next year to see how we can do more with less. Or proving the value of them to the C-suite so that you get bigger budgets. Absolutely. I mean, we are always trying to encourage people. I know reporting is difficult and I know all of that data capture can seem like a lot of zeros and ones, basically. But if you can put enough of those together to prove those points and say, actually, we did this and this is the outcome. And I think to do that, you need integrations to work really well as well. I look at my MarTech stack and we take the data from Cvent, goes back into Salesforce. We integrate that into either Tableau or Sigma, depending on the reporting tool you use. And that tells us this was the opportunity that came because you ran this event. This is the marketing attributed budget or bookings. So we have to see the end to end to make it make sense. We agree. We absolutely agree. Events are not a cost. <laughs> no. <laughs> they have to be seen as value on that. So technology plays its part in improving efficiencies. There's no doubt about that. One of the things that keeps coming up is around AI and the time savings and those kind of things that mm. AI can do. So mm. we're just wondering where that sits on this event products and your kind of innovations with AI going forward. So have you got any comments on that? It was at an earlier trade show this year that we launched our AI integrations within the platform. And a lot of it was kind of an obvious launch. It's the generative writing tools, helping planners and marketers to just come up with content for session descriptions, event descriptions, video descriptions. And it's quite an arduous task if you think about it. One of our large conferences had something like 40 sessions. If you have to sit down and pen that every single session, it it can take time. So really and truly, our aim is to introduce AI as a time saver for these more manual tasks. I know a lot of people are thinking about AI as like, it's taking my job, but definitely not thinking that way now. It's much more, let's get rid of some of these manual tasks. As time goes forwards, we are looking at the next iteration of what we do is how to help write RFPs and respond to those RFPs. We know that's a big pain point between planners and hoteliers that they take a long time to write and respond to. So that is the next bit that's already kind of there, but it's in its infancy. So that will definitely develop next year. But there's so much more on the roadmap of how AI is going to help planners and and marketers and hoteliers next year. Cool. We look forward to finding out more in the future. Okay, so moving away from technology now, I noticed at Cvent Connect, which took place in November 2023, which is your customer conference, you had sign language interpreters translating what was being said on stage for the in-person and virtual audience. So how important is accessibility to event design? Massively so. And I don't want to say it's hard to do. I hate using that term because if you say something's hard to do, it seems like, oh gosh, it's hard. So, you know, we have to think of a workaround. That shouldn't be how we think about it. The reason why I'm leaning towards saying, oh, it's a bit difficult. It's because you have to ask all those questions up front in the registration. So as you're planning your event, you don't necessarily go around booking in 15 British Sign Languages or American Sign Languages for all the 15 sessions that you have right up front. You kind of do have to wait a little bit on that reg and see, well, what is the need? But you are thinking about it up front at least. At least if you ask for these questions in the registration or you, you know, you're thinking about what can I provide, it means that when you get to month 
whatever before your event, you can say, right, book that. We need this and we need this many across our events so that we can accommodate the needs of those who have registered for this event. So I think that's why I lean towards saying it can be a bit tricky because normally you're like, we need food, we need music, we need rooms, you know it. You don't necessarily always know all the needs of what your audience is going to require for accessibility, but you should be thinking about it. It is massively important. I don't even want to say it's going to be. It's already important. We're already leaving people out of our events. So we have to be thinking, how do I bring those people in? And that's just one thing. BSL, we did some stuff wrong. We didn't get everything right. And so that also needs to inform the future strategies. What didn't you do well? What did you miss? Who did you miss? And then incorporate those things into the next event. It's like anything. It's like looking at the data, asking the right questions at registration then delving into that data to know what accessibility needs have to be put in place. 100%. You need to be flexible. That's why, again, I lean into, oh, it's a bit tricky because you have to have flexible budgets. And we just spoke about budget restrictions. You're already being charged a lot more for everything you need. And then suddenly you say, oh, and plus, sorry, but I'm going to need to provide this extra thing as well. I hate to say it, but even adding ramps to stages, I want our providers to be more flexible as well and just have it as a standard almost. So that it's not, oh, you need a ramp. Let me charge you a heck of a lot more. It should be these stages come with ramps and this is how much they cost. It would help us to know where we are. Why should we as planners have to ask, I'm going to need my stage to be accessible? Obviously I do. (laughs) So it would just be nice to have, I think, better partnerships there. So welcome back to the show floor here at IBTM World in Barcelona. And I'm delighted to be joined by Catherine Southall, Head of Business Development, UK and Ireland, American Express, GBT meetings and events. Nice, short, snappy title. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Delighted you're here, Catherine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me, Mike. It's really nice to be here. Fantastic. It's a buzzy show out there, isn't it? It certainly is, yeah. It's a big show as well. Lots of space to cover. Excellent. Have you managed to get around it okay? Half, I think. But I'm here tomorrow, so that's good. Half Half a day, half tomorrow. (laughs) Fantastic. Excellent. Well, earlier today, you were on the main stage here at IBTM World. And you were presenting the findings from the 2024 Global Meetings and Events Forecast. It's a report that's published every year and always contains some fascinating insights. I always read it. I always get stories from it. (laughs) So that's great. I believe it's based on a survey of more than 500 mice professionals from 26 countries, as well as some in-depth interviews. So can you give me a quick overview of some of the findings? Yeah, of course, I'd be delighted to. So you're absolutely right. We interview over 500 professionals. They can be corporate buyers, our own agency planners and other agency planners and suppliers as well. So it gives you a real breadth. And the kind of key things that came out of this year's report were the majority of next year's meetings are planned to be in person. So over 50%, about 59%, and then about 20% hybrid. So even some in-person content there as well. We're finding that internal meetings are the biggest growth. I think probably because people are remote and working from home, the need to get people back together and reconnect with their brands is really important. Budgets are up, which is good to know, but only slightly, unfortunately, for anybody listening. (laughs) They're looking between 1% to 5%, so it's not a huge growth on budgets, but there is recognition that will be some increase there. That's not even in line with inflation, is it? It's not in line with inflation, No. no. So, yeah, I don't know where we're going with that, but we'll see. Automation gains. So we see more, even if they're not using automation now, more and more of our planners are seeing that that will be a trend for the year, whether they're road mapping it, whether they're using it. But certainly that's definitely a trend that's moving forward. 
Excellent. And what does the report tell us about how events people are helping their clients and organisations to implement net zero? There's got to be some sustainability findings in there. Yeah, there were actually. And what we saw was sustainability has traditionally been kind of a buzzword in planning meetings and events, and it's now an imperative consideration. So it's really shifted from that something to be talked about to something to actually do. One of the areas where the event professionals are becoming more consultative definitely is around sustainability. They can really assist their clients with becoming more sustainable, looking for certified suppliers, whether that's through sourcing or third-party suppliers, helping them measure their carbon output. Really important to start getting some benchmarking data so that people know where to aim for in the future. Sustainability choices, whether that's around menus, around transportation, digitalization rather than using materials. There's some real key things that planners can help their corporate buyers become more sustainable. The report also offers seven actionable insights to help events people elevate their meetings programs. I believe they include things like cultivating strong partnerships, leveraging technology, making your events unmissable. But the one that stood out for me was keep it simple. We've heard a lot about how the job of an event planner has become increasingly complex over the last couple of years. How can they get back to basics and remove complexity? That's a really good question. And we keep talking about this strategic and consultative approach, but then we also say, keep it simple. So how do you do that? For me, it's really simple. Start with the why. So why are you having the event? What are the drivers? What's your desired outcomes? What actions do you want people to take as a result of attending your event? could be anything from increased profits to more engagement with the brand but what do you want your attendees to do differently as a result of achieving this event once you have the why the what the where the how become a lot easier fantastic really interesting and i noticed that the seventh insight in the report is to educate and advocate for your profession which obviously is very important as well this podcast series is aimed at newcomers to the industry people looking for new ideas new insights new strategic thinking what advice would you offer to anybody coming new into the industry i'm really passionate about this industry i see it as a profession not a job and i would just say if you are new to this be passionate about what you do find a role within our amazing industry and there are loads loads of different parts of meetings and events planning find a role that you truly enjoy and then give yourself the permission to embrace it if you're passionate about what you do it can only rub off on others around you and then enjoy what we do. I think I said when we met last time, I used to work for somebody who said, being in in meetings and events, you'll never be a millionaire, but you might get to live like one occasionally. And I think, enjoy it. Never a truer word said. (laughs) And the energy out on the show floor really... It is great. We've got a great profession and we should definitely advocate for it. And I think people look at it too much as a job and it isn't. It's a real way of life and a real way of being. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming by the podcast booth today. Lovely to see you. Nice to chat and enjoy the rest of the show. Thank you, Mike. I'll try to. I have to say, Mike, that was just really interesting listening to everything that Catherine had to say and also hearing her advocacy for the event sector. I mean, if you have passion in this sector, then you do go far. There's no doubt about it. People get stuck in. They find all sorts of new opportunities. But I want to go back and just talk with you just a little bit about some of the things that Felicia brought to mind, because there's a lot of content in there, but there's some things that just stuck out. 
I'm sorry, but the hybrid event term, I mean, why does it annoy people so much? I don't understand that personally. If I was to say to you, look, do you have a hybrid car? Does it bring you out in a rash? Probably not. But you tell me, what is it about the name that gets under the skin, do you think? She's not the first person that said that to me either. A lot of people don't like the term hybrid. I think we just need a resolution for 2024 where we just talk about events as events. I think by breaking them down into different segments, facets, how we do them just confuses people. It complicates the issue. That's one of the things that I really liked about Catherine when she was talking about just keep it simple. And maybe the term hybrid just overcomplicates. I think the fact that clients do not discuss in their boardrooms, I want this type of event or this type is within us event professionals that are saying, yep, you've got to have one of those. But we can bring our clients so much more choice than we ever did before. And that's got to be the good thing, right? Absolutely. Another interesting thing for me when Felicia was speaking was about the whole issue of the value exchange around data. I just wonder, just out of interest, do you ever think about what you're getting in return for handing over your personal data? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Because of my background originally in, in risk, I do tend to think about where that data is ending up. And I also wrote a couple of ebooks on this when GDPR was such a big issue a few years ago. If I want to access a Wi-Fi at an airport, I don't really do it. I don't give all of my information because I have this idea that with all of the thousands of people that come and go in airports, is there somebody sitting there that can just get into that unsecured network that I would be able to access if I put my data in. So some things I don't, other things that I trust or think I trust, I will. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm completely the opposite. <laughs> it's become such commonplace that it's only when my email inbox fills up with all those marketing emails that you get after you subscribe to something that I actually notice how much I give away my data just to get into somebody's Wi-Fi or just to get a report or be able to download a piece of information. But I probably still wouldn't go to the bother of unsubscribing either. You wouldn't have subscribe? No, I just let my inbox fill up. There's hundreds of emails in there and it would take too long to go through and unsubscribe, I'm sure. Yeah, it's interesting that we can have different views on these things. I mean, what was your opinion on the whole comments around inclusivity, especially accessibility? Asking delegates if they need special requirements. Is that the way or should event planners try to think of everything that somebody might have as a condition or whatever. It's a really difficult one, isn't it? I mean, planners have always taken a build it and they will come approach in the past. But now you have to ask for dietary requirements. You have to ask for accessibility needs before you can build it. And I'm not sure how planners for the future can get around it. One of the things I was really interested in that Felicia said was that venues should be offering stages with ramps without having to ask for them as standard. Yeah, no, that makes an awful lot of sense. Personally, I think it's going to come down to a lot of ongoing two-way communication that listens and acts on what both sides are saying, rather than this is what you can have, or no, we can't do that, we won't make these exceptions, because I think we're going to see events are opened up to so many more people, and we've got a growing population and people want to get out and do things. So it's another layer of responsibility that just needs to be worked on. Yeah, it's going to be a huge, huge trend for 2024, accessibility and improving it across all types of events. I'm sure we'll be talking about it more in the future. But that's it. That's it for episode one of New in Events, a podcast by IBTM. 
It's been really insightful, a real pleasure to talk to you, and I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. We'll be back next time with episode two. We will indeed. Thanks so much for listening to New In Events, a podcast from IBTM. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Put November 19th to 21st in your diaries for IBTM World in Barcelona and follow us on our social media channels for all the latest updates. Until next time.